Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today, guests, we have two of them, David and Carla. We have um, Dave. I don't have a surname for you, Dave. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. nobody sent me one in the publicist. Oh, <laughs> so what's your surname? It's, it's Bettenhausen. Bettenhausen, okay, and Carla is Bogney Kid, and oh, but you know basically the reason I think they sent it was Carla and Dave is because they're talking about their lives crossing throughout their lives, past lives. They've discovered through meditation and regression that uh, reincarnation is real, and that they have had over 29 past lives together. They've written these beautiful books, The Gift of Past Lives, with Mother Isabel God and um, Elizabeth. Uh, by both of them. And they've also got another one, Hell or No, Reincarnation, The Mother of Isabel God and Elizabeth. And we've got a lot to talk about today is that how did they kind of find themselves back? I I've got this constant feeling that there's somebody I've known, which was one of the reasons I stayed on this planet, going way back is somebody that I intertwine with in lives. And we haven't met this lifetime. I'm still waiting. So, you know, how did this happen, folks? You know, you're both living your lives, but where did that connection come in? Please do tell. Welcome to the show, both of you. It, Thank it's you. It's a pleasure, Thanks for Sarah. having us. Um, Sarah, back in 2014, um, Dave and I were workers together. Dave is a physician and I was his office manager. But before that, we actually met in 1999 when he bought my husband's practice. Mm -hmm. And um, we felt immediately um, close to each other. We became really good friends. And in 2014, when we implemented electronic medical records in the office, we were really stressed. And, you know, we're, we're not 29. We're not, um, we weren't raised with computers. Right. So it was quite an ordeal for us. And Dave was spending countless hours just trying to get ready um, to in include all of the um, computer um, things that had to be done with each patient. So he was working very long hours and he just wasn't himself. And I will say that normally Dave is like Fred Flintstone crossed with Yogi Bear, but he wasn't. He was really grouchy. And um, I had gone in one day and said to him, okay, I think I should call a counselor for you or, you know, do you want to try meditation? Because I had read an article in AARP magazine about meditation and all the benefits. And Dave will tell you all the, the health benefits uh, from the physician side in a minute. But um, he agreed. And we um, thought that as an entire office, we would do it first thing in the morning before the patients mm -hmm. started to come in. The first two days, we all did it. Um, on the third day, the other two girls said, oh, we don't want to come in early, blah, blah. So we thought we'd do it ourselves. And we did. And as the patients started to come in and we turned the music off and we went into our office, um, Dave said, you know, Carla, I think you're going to think I'm really crazy, but 
I think I was just talking to your mother during meditation. Mm-hmm. And of course, it got my attention, but I wasn't surprised. I've always been rather open. Um, Dave did not realize until this exact moment that he had a gift that he could connect with the spiritual world so easily. So, of course, I started to pump him full of questions. My sister also worked in the office, and by that time she had arrived. She went in the back, and she got a picture of my mother, and she brought it up, and she said, is this who you were talking to? Now, mind you, Dave had never met my mother. My mother died almost 20 years before, um, and um, he looked at the picture, and he said yes, and he got really emotional. And I asked him, you know, why? And he said, well, it was just – it was – a moment where he believed it, it was spiritual. My question was, why are you coming to my mother? Why isn't she coming to me or, you know, vice versa? (laughs) Um, But anyway, it went on from from there and um, we continued to meditate. The next day, Dave actually met somebody else who was his spirit guide, she said. Her name was Isabella. And she said she had been with him for over 6,000 years from his first life on. And then we continued to ask questions every day. A couple days later, we met my spirit guide. Her name is Elizabeth, and she also said she had been with me for over 6,000 years from my first life on Earth. And then there was a day, because I asked every question you could possibly think of, and we journaled everything, when I said to Dave, who's God? And And Dave heard somebody say, I am. And he also got very, very emotional to the point where I was like, what's wrong? What's happening? What's wrong? He was crying so hard. And I'll let Dave explain to you why. So uh, I'll back up just a little bit, Sarah, because if you if you saw the names there, our book is The Gift of Past Lives with mm-hmm. Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth. And those are where the names come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the first few days first day I saw this jovial woman and I and she kept showing me a shoe and I went in and told Carla I thought it was her mother and Carla brought up shoes on her computer and there were 60 or 70 on the screen and I went over and said this is the shoe and Carla went on to explain that her mother had been a ballroom dancer and that was the kind of shoe she always wore Mm -hmm. and so we we had that little moment of confirmation I still thought I was crazy. Um, the prerequisite to living on Earth, by the way. I think you're. I think you're right. And so these experiences keep happening. And then I had a day where I had this memory from 1962, and I would have been three years old. The memory fit, but but I was meditating, and I got this memory about a beach in Boston. Now, in 1962, my father went to graduate school from Nebraska to Boston. And in Boston, apparently, we went to this beach. And I thought it was so exciting because I was from Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And I was running on the beach and screaming and yelling. So I started to tell Carl and Paula about the memory. And they were like, you were in Boston? Because when they were, well, when Carla was four, they lived in Boston. And I said, yeah, I was in Boston and I was running on this beach, screaming and yelling. And then I got hit by this little girl and she knocked me down. She sat on my chest. She kissed me on the forehead. She jumped up, put both hands on her on her hips and said, quit bothering my family. 
She had on this little two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit. And in the background, I heard this woman say, Carla, that's not how little ladies act. And Carla looked at me and what'd you say, Carla? I said, that was me. And I didn't have to meditate to remember that. Um, This was something etched in my mind. And, you know, or Paula either. I mean, we remembered this because we were born in Boston, good Catholic family. You know, I was the youngest of five daughters. My parents were always splitting up. But this particular day, they were together and they had rented two cabs to go to the beach. And we didn't have our own car. We were not well off. Um, And for whatever reason, when we got there, I didn't have my bathing suit. And Normally, I would have inherited one of my sisters. Everybody had one but me. So we all went across the street to one of those little souvenir shops. And this was Revere Beach. It wasn't just sand and water. It had a big amusement park. Uh, So when Dave started to talk about it, we knew exactly which one it was. Um, But I got my first two-piece bathing suit, brand new bathing suit. It was blue with the ruffles. And, you know, this didn't happen. So for him to come up with this memory and know um, it it was one of those moments, you know, the chills went up my back. And um, and apparently after this all happened, you know, our parents stood there and and talked for a couple of minutes. And then we split up and we never kept in touch, never saw each other again until that time in 1998 when he walked into my home to buy my husband's practice. And of course, you wouldn't have known it was him at the time either. No. No. (laughs) And that was, you know, 35 years later. Mm -hmm. And so first we had this experience with her mother, then this memory. And I'm like, I really, I met you 35 years before we met, you know, and by the time we started meditating, you know, we're both like 55 years old. So this is... 20 years or 25 years of good friendship. We've been very close and we realized that we'd actually met one other time. I kept meditating because the truth was I was feeling fantastic with meditation. Yes. There was all sorts of positive things happening. I was, I felt better when I went down the hall to see the patients. Mm -hmm. I shut off all the computers. We relaxed. We did a lot of research on meditation. We found out that it, you know, lowers your blood pressure, lowers blood sugar, reduces stress, um, reduces inflammation, which is really the cause of disease. Mm -hmm. We found out it reduces cortisol. And it's very interesting because not only was I very unhappy at, at that time in life when we started this meditation, the year after meditation, some because I wanted to be my best self and those things, and some because meditation is that good for you. I literally lost two pounds a week for a year. Wow. And dropped 104 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Which made me a lot healthier. Yes. And happier. Mobile. And happy. And everything. Yes. Right? everything. Yes. Mobile running younger yeah. than I was, you mm-hmm. know, all of those things. And so meditation just became a normal habit. One day I had, I was they're meditating and i had a memory and i was standing in a dark alley and i looked across the alley and i'll say carla was standing there now she didn't look exactly like carla uh she was young very hot but her steel blue eyes were the same 
I was much younger and much thinner. <laughs> you were not. We're all you beautiful. Were, we actually get, get more beautiful with age. I absolutely agree. But she was standing there and she was dressed in this long fringed dress. And there, a big flash of light happened and I felt myself hit in the chest, realized I was shot and I fell back. Wow. Do you know I the time period of this? I'm going to tell you the rest of the story because that's all I knew then. And, you know, had to go start taking care of patients. I told Carla about it a little bit. I said it was the strangest memory. And the next time I meditated, the story kept going. Mm -hmm. And the story became that I met Carla at a wedding of a man named Angelo in Chicago. Then we, when I met her, I, I asked her to go to breakfast the next day and we went to breakfast and then we took a walk along Michigan, uh, Lake Michigan in Chicago. We were walking along Lake Michigan and she tells me her name is Ruby Donaldson. She was born in Bullock, Georgia. Her father's name was James, that she wanted to be a dressmaker. She was telling me all of her life dreams and that she'd come to Chicago and but she had got involved and was working for a man named Angelo in his speakeasy. Mm -hmm. And Carla's the most curious woman in the world. So she ran out and started doing research. So tell her about the research. Well, one day when I was not at work, um, I actually got onto ancestry.com. And in 1904, the name Ruby Donaldson in Georgia was quite popular. So had Dave not received my parents' names and some of those other particular details, it would have been more difficult to find it. But I did indeed find Ruby Donaldson born in 1904 to James and Anna Donaldson, one of 11 children. Um, and then I went on, I couldn't find pictures of myself, but I found pictures of my parents and some of the, the kids. Then I found two other articles. One was um, the wedding of a, a gangster named Angelo Jenna. He was the, the boss um, of the North Side before Al Capone. Mm. And um, the wedding took place January the 10th, 1925, when he married Lucille Spinola. They got married at Ashland Auditorium in Chicago. And then there was another article that was a picture of their wedding cake. They sold, they had over 3,000 mobsters there as guests. So the, the cake was over 10 feet tall. So I called Dave and I said, you know, you're not crazy. Look what I found. Now, we never heard of Angelo Jenna. Mm -hmm. And unless you're into that sort of, you know, um, if that's your hobby and you look mm -hmm. those things up, I had no idea who that person was. Um, until that day, but at least we had corroborated some of that information. So yeah. we continued to meditate and Dave just kept finding out more and more. And he started to get pictures and objects and places and buildings. And of course we journaled everything because none of it made any sense at that moment. Yeah. Pieces of the puzzle. Yes. Pieces of the puzzle. And, and actually we, we, one day we finally drove from Ohio where we ended up and went to Chicago and went to Little Italy and we walked down the streets and I turned the corner like I remember doing that and Isabella who I told you uh, I met during meditation said you're getting close 
and I turned and there was the apartment that Ruby Donaldson lived in, in 1925. Now, if that's not enough, I talked Synchronicity to friends. Synchronicity-wise, mm -hmm. right. The, the, name right. Of the, the name of the building was called the Isabel Apartments. Ah. And a friend of mine did the research and found out that the building had always been there and was built in 1899 mm -hmm. and had always been in an apartment building ever since. So we were standing in front of this place where we had stood before we were born. Mm -hmm. Isabella starts telling us about many past lives um, and many lessons that we learned in each of those past lives and what we needed to overcome. And it became fascinating. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the point where we started doing research on reincarnation, trying to find things. We found research by Ian Stevenson and James Matlock and Jim Tucker, who've been doing research on it for since the 50s. Mm -hmm. From the you University know, of Virginia. Yeah, some 2,500 childhood memories that were researched and verified as being true. They used childhood memories because as adults, you start to gain experience. Yeah. And so what you remember may, may be something you've seen on TV, those right. kind of things. Yeah. But when they, when they studied these kids, three and four-year-olds were telling them stories about being, you know, a pilot in World War II. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the three-year-old would say, I was on a boat named so-and-so. And this is one of the, in their study, but I was on this boat here was the name of my airplane. I knew a guy named Johnny so-and-so and my plane went down somewhere in Japan. Now, it's pretty hard to teach a three-year-old all yeah. those things. Yeah. And when they went back, they did the study. They found the boat. They found the roster on the boat. They found the man's name on the roster and the name of his friend on the roster. And the only plane that went down was the plane that he was flying. The children are opening up to the channels from the moment they're born. They oh, are yeah. connected. Um, we, as we grow older and society's dictation and expectation starts contaminating as we lose Definitely. that ability to open up the channels. So very often people, not everybody will, will be able to open up those channels in, in that particular way. You never know when in meditating where it's taking you. Is it an inside out job? Is it a, a traveling um, experience? But when you decide to open up and those channels know now that you're receptive to that, they're going to open up that channel even further and take you even further into, you know, the weave and the wonder and the maze of all these past lives. We have the ancestral past life of, you know, DNA ancestral, which we carry with us. We carry stuff with us into this lifetime and we wonder, I don't understand why I feel like this. This hasn't happened mm -hmm. to me or, or, you know, why do I feel such a burden here? I've never experienced that. And it's a past life that's been passed on, you know, for, from maybe the DNA family, but then there's also the past lives. And, if and, we, and both exist. If they and both, both exist. absolutely exist. And if you don't take care of it, I will say to people, if you don't take care of your issues in this lifetime, poor mm. some poor soul is going to be carrying it with them in the next lifetime. So clear your issues up in this lifetime, please. That's what it's for. 
Absolutely. Yes. And, th and those are the things that we started to discover. Mm -hmm. We were looking at our past lives and this became, you know, pretty much a mission for us. We found 42 past lives for me, 34 for Carla. And when we were looking at all these, we found 29 that we had been together. Now she had been my mother, my sister, my friend, my sister-in-law, certainly my wife or love interest many, many times, but we were in different roles and we started looking at our past lives and found very interesting patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we had a, a life as Vikings where mm -hmm. we invaded Scotland. Mm -hmm. And then as Scottish, we were fighting the English. <laughs> then as English, we were fighting the Scottish. <laughs> literally living on both sides of every yeah. issue sometimes in the same war mm. yes you know you know if you have a hundred year war you can be on both sides. oh yes you certainly if, can yeah especially if you died in war and battle you can come back on the other side yeah we found ourselves as black and white slave owners and 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 slaves we found us living on both sides different we, we have been jewish and mm -hmm. christian and muslim and pagan literally living the opposite side of each thing we have a cosmic a experience yes the experience because you start to realize not only like in war you're not really it's a really a matter of learning that experience yeah uh, and you also discover pretty soon that in war there is just no winner right absolutely um, you know, going back to children, I mean, as a child, I was a sickly child, so I'm in, in bed a lot um, and on my own. And I used to play with dead people. And, you know, my mum would come in and say, well, who are you talking to? Well, there's Jane. Can't you see her? And, my, you know, my mum was very fey as well. So she kind of goes, OK, tell me about her. And I'd be able to describe her and what we're playing. And my mum knew that that's kind of the zone I was in. I had, you know, for me, Growing up, I was always that counselor to my teachers and because I was a channeler, I channeled the, what they needed to know when they needed to know it. But for me, it was like, why don't other people do this? You know, why can't they see yeah. their past lives or have these? Why aren't they even open and receptive to this? And that is, you know, the big four letter word fear. Right, it's fear right. that fear. Oh, it's the devil's yes. work, you're going down the devil's oh. road, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. please. Please, you know, we're made mm -hmm. out of particles from the universe. We're given these experiences to help the human experience be more abundant. It's a partnership. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's, it's people's yes, but core once belief. you mess with their core beliefs. Yeah, yes. yeah. Then, yeah. Then you've pointed a finger somehow. They believe you're telling them they're not right. And how is that possible? Right. Their giant ego roars its ugly head and they're afraid to be wrong. And if they would just open their mind more people would be open, more people would be hearing from their spirit guides right, and their exactly. angels and all of the above. Yeah, so it would be wonderful. Yeah, and the, the other, I think, thing is, is um, realize you've been lied to. And if oh. that's a lie, what else is a lie? Is my whole life a lie? And you know, it's mm -hmm. okay to take a step back and just review, go into your center space, whichever form of your meditation mm -hmm. is, open up, what is my inner truth? And allow, allow that channeling, allow that, that wonderful wisdom to come to you because it is really ethoric when it does, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, yes. 
And, and that's and that, actually why we wrote the second book. Mm-hmm. Is people was, are always concerned with their core belief. Yes. And we were raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which on a note, Catholicism used to believe in life after death until mm-hmm. they realized that they didn't have as much control over the people. So they took it away to make people afraid and created hell. Now, hell is not living right on earth. We can all be living in a living hell, right? And we could also be living a heavenly uh, life. It's all up to us, right? We actually did a little YouTube video on hell because um, Isabella actually um, gave Dave a, a lot of the details on what hell really is, which was a ditch outside of Jerusalem. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Give her the history on Hades and so forth. <laughs> okay. So, you know, because we started trying to reconcile a little bit, we started looking at all these things because Isabella one day just told me there is no hell. Mm-hmm. And and I started to do the research a little bit, trying to see where we, where the world has jumbled this up. And if you really look at even the Bible, it talks in the Old Testament. It's called Sheol, which is where Jewish people went when they died. Or it was called Hades, if it was written in Greek, which is where people went when they died. It's not hell. It's just a place mm-hmm. where the dead live. And Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. yes, if, if, you're, if you're talking about the Vikings and mm-hmm. that group. There's just a place where people yes. go to die. And you could call that heaven just as well as Sheol or... Yeah, exactly. And if you start reading through, then the other place that's described in the Bible is called the Valley of Jehenim, which is an actual physical place outside of Jerusalem. When Jerusalem was built... They had a whole sewer sewage system built in, which is very circular, and it drains into the Valley of Jehenim. So it's filled with excrement. Mm-hmm. It's also where they used to persecute people. And actually, the kings and the judges of the Bible used to put illegitimate children to death there. Oh, how lovely. And they would burn mm-hmm. them. Oh, my God. So it was a place of, of excrement and fire. Mm. Spontaneous combustion. And and so when it finally gets through that story, and of course, Dante throws some things in there. But when it gets to the King James Bible, the Valley of Gehenna, Sheol, and Hades, which were places people died in a ditch, Mm -hmm. were all transformed into the same word, hell. Mm -hmm. And hell, or hellia, was King James's wife was German and Germanic. Helia, yeah, Germanic. And Helia was the king of the underworld in Germanic pagan religion. Right. <laughs> so does that, where does that make us feel comfortable that hell, which is like you said, a place that religion has created to punish Scare us so that us. we listen mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Because if, if they don't have anything to offer, why will we go? Right. Yeah. 
exactly <laughs> you know it also religion has been for so long is that you can't speak to god unless through me i have been chosen mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. know what you know meditation and channeling is it's a direct link right and, <laughs> and they don't want you to know that they don't want you you know it's like shopping online instead of going to the <laughs> store you know so i love that analogy that's fantastic it yes. is it, it's actually true and, and again we did some of the research and there were movements called Molinisms in Spain and England back, I think, in the 1100s that made meditation a normal part of those areas of the Catholic Church. And the Pope really jumped on it fast mm -hmm. and said, no, you cannot reach God alone. Salvation is through the church only. And he made it heresy. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened in 200 A.D., Shortly after Jesus, origin of Alexander, who was the prime writer of almost all of the early Christian doctrine, he wrote transmigration of the soul was normal, yeah. that Jesus was from God, not God. Mm -hmm. And 200 years later, after he had already died, and after his teachings were the main teachings of the church, they actually made him a heretic and, and excommunicated him from the church 200 years after he's died, like that punished him. <laughs> and, and, and even in their own doctrine, they threw him out of the church, called him a heretic, but he would have already been judged in and been in hell anyway, if it was, so, if it was a real place, right. but they condemned him to hell after he was already dead. Like they could do that. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, I call it shoot stirring, <laughs> better phrase, you know, it's um, hysteria cells because it breeds fear. Mm -hmm. And out of that fear, yes. along comes the puppeteers with their strings and start controlling. And, you know, yes. um, I'm a woman of great faith, but it's direct. Um, and, yes. you know, not necessarily woman of the church. And, you know, paganism. Yes you know, was painted as the devil's work. And, um, mm -hmm. and yet paganism is, is an emphasis on the direct, on your connection. Um, I had a, a, a pastor that used to have a show on here and it was the world according to Gus, God, universe and spirit. And it really doesn't matter ah. what you want to call it. It, it is all that divine energy. Uh, it is a frequency and the higher the frequency, the more you are in that space of love, the more you are open up to the channel of, of, of love and the less harm you can do to anyone else because you cannot c commit harm to someone when you're in that state of supreme love. So it's something I think that as human beings, we've been taught to be sheeple and to follow what is meant to be and that you know god forbid you should look at a past life or have that kind of experience you know what kind of yes. demon are you now and it's please get over yourself you know it, this <laughs> uh -huh. is this is every single one of us has an experience but very often we deny it or we push it aside i've had i know at least 300 lifetimes in the last 50 of them um, I was literally burnt at the stake, torn and corded, you named it, because I've always been <laughs> a igniter. So the church yes. just looked at me as like, oh, she's got to go, you know? And mm -hmm. so I, this lifetime was for me to regain my own empowerment. And we're at a period in time right now where the channels are opening up and they find that frequency 
when you've opened up to it, it's like that's your wavelength. That's where you're at. And when you're willing to go to, you know, and take that journey, the wonders and the beautiful things that you see. And it's not just the past life. You know, the past life very often can reflect on not only on the present, but a projection of the future as well. Have you had any of those experiences? Um, no projections of the future. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Isabella says she tries never to predict the future. And she actually tries to block those spirits who may try to. Because part of our experience on this planet is to take things as they come. And, and you can actually change the future if you because of your free will. So mm -hmm. if you know what's going to happen, it's not going to happen because you know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So she says, those are things she tries to discourage because it will change the lessons that you may need to learn. Right. On the individual thing, but there is very often a projection of where humanity will go. And that is because of the collective force. It has only one way to go. You know, we're in an era of disruption right now. And that disruption is shaking up the beliefs it is shaking up the uh, opening up those channels and those energies letting more and more people have these experiences and the volume is being turned up on us daily and it's going to get quite a bit higher and if you're not a part of it you you're going to feel it and the reason they're doing this is that uh, we have to evolve we have proven as human beings we can't do it just on our own that if we do not have the connection to source, to God, whatever you wish to name it, if we don't tap into that wisdom, we're not going to know how to use our knowledge. So more and more people opening up to this and, you know, through meditation, through what, you know, everybody has their own form, way of meditating, but just being open to it because we learn from the past. It helps us understand the present where we make better decisions for the future. Very Correct. Nice and, and, and that's actually something we talk about in our second book, too. There, not only is there, and karma is really about lessons, but I'm going to use the mm -hmm. word karma because it's the easiest. There really and is it's not punishment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's there. There really are past life, individual karma, but we actually have group karma. We yeah. are carrying all of these lessons from the past. Yes. And, you know, whether it is the Holocaust or Napoleon who did the same thing as the Holocaust, he gassed people in boats, whether it is persecution of the Christians, you know, by the Romans, this history keeps repeating itself because none of us are listening. Crusades, you name it, you know, how many wars Absolutely. and how many deaths have there been in the name of God and God is going stop using my name. This yes. is not what I'm condoning. And I think this That's is right. also one of the reasons why we're needing to wake up and open up those channels right now because, as you said, as a it is a force that forced um, karma out there. We are all responsible for our actions, even oh, wow. our ignorant ones. You know, if we go and do something and we realize afterwards that wasn't a good thing to do, own it, take responsibility. You don't need to persecute yourself. You just need to own it. And then you are changing that entire vibration. I own it. I apologize. I know better now. I will do better now. But mm -hmm. as a nation, as a human race, we need to come forth and say that, don't we? 
Absolutely. Yes, we and, certainly do. And what you're hinting at is this was a day Isabella sat down and gave us the five simple rules. So I'm going to talk about those just for a second. She said, it's really easy. You can condense the 10 commandments, all the other religions that have rules, everything down into five simple rules. Live a life without conceit, selfishness, jealousy, always be forgiving, including of yourself, mm -hmm. which you hinted at and make all choices and intentions out of love. Yes. And as soon as you do that, there is no karma. Mm -hmm. Because every choice made out of love doesn't have a negative outcome. Right. Exactly. exactly. And so as you and as you start to do that, then we started looking at our past lives. And Isabella started to tell us about our past lives. So it's interesting in our book books after each life that we explain, we actually have a set of lessons that we learned. Right. Well, that's we the shouldn't point repeat. of it. And that's the point. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And so as you follow this through, you say, okay, I can't be conceited. I can't, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't be a slave owner and be in control of other people because right. they have their own free will. Yes. And in all of these discussion, Isabella then comes back with all these things that why does free will even exist? You could have been created with no choice. Right. Then you just. However, mm -hmm. however, why do we get created with free will? Because unless love is a choice, if it's forced, it can't be love. Right. right. The lessons become pretty easy. Yes. When you start to see them. Well, love literally vibrates at a high hertz. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's a high frequency when you're in that almost euphoric and i'm not talking about oh you've just met somebody and fallen in love and you're in that euphoria you know i'm talking about that euphoric love for life for for living for having a meaningful purpose for being you know joyous in what you do and whom you serve it's a frequency that literally lines up all the chakras it opens mm -hmm. up your aura it projects before you even enter the room and it shows good intentions towards Correct. one another. And so if we could get people to let go of the drama, the pain, the past life in the sense of holding them back and of releasing it and step forth in trust, in love, then they would see that really is the answer. But it's the free will to take the journey to get there. And that means you must be willing to go through a process, whether it's a past life one or a present life one. You've got to be willing to go through it. Correct. And and Isabella tried to explain to us that that we were created with perfect potential. Yes. Yes. And of course, we still had to survive the world we live in. So or and and, and it's all a part process of evolution so as we grow when we're young even in each new life there is a certain amount of the ego that is protective if you don't look for food you will starve right logic so some sort of self-preservation mm -hmm. had to occur right but the reality is we've evolved past the point of self-preservation as as the as the reason for survival mm -hmm. it's now to the point that love is the reason for survival mm -hmm. and compassion 
and cooperation and collaborations and yes those are what's going to make us carry forward yeah because the competition for who got what isn't mm. working oh that was the whole reason for covid you know i mean yes we've lost a lot of lives and i'm sorry for all the people that are suffering out there but the lesson of covid was a, a time just to stop to pause to review to renew yes. to to ask yourself the question is this life i've chosen for myself working for me how can i be still enough to really hear my heart and soul where it where it wants to go and so many people have pivoted to a different direction that they say this has been a gift and it's all a question you guys when you had this experience could go oh, i don't want that i'm too afraid of that i'm not going to do that instead you were inquisitive Ooh, tell us more where else is this taking us this is fascinating and if we could be more inquisitive and more exploratory and live more in wonderment we would find that path to love much quicker yep absolutely that's a, and those are the lessons that we've learned while doing this yeah it's it's become something that changed who we were it made us more positive and asked more questions yes the right questions that's the, the right, point the right, right questions. the right questions yes. i mean we can ask all these questions but you know if if we're not paying attention to what's being told to us we don't know how to ask the right questions uh, i don't know if you remember um i robot will smith yes uh, and you know they the um what do you call it where the guy that had died and he's telling him something and eventually says now you're asking the right question mm -hmm. and i think that is actually kind of one of the pivotal lessons in life is are you asking a question from societal's expectation or are you asking a question from your heart and soul mm -hmm. when you ask it from the heart and soul the mind opens up and will know what it needs right. to know when it needs to know it and that's one of those values of meditation yes is is if you start to evaluate whether or not what you think is what you've been just taught yeah or what you think is what is yes and that, yeah. that becomes very important to all of this and all of the lessons and again we talked about this if you don't question your core values you don't know where you got them yeah exactly um they, were they just imposed upon you <laughs> <laughs> or is it something that it comes from the core and that's where we want to go right to the core i mean sure. carla with all the experience that you've had through this um i don't know about you but you know when um, i've ever had a past life or a dimensional life i'm a dimensional traveler so, so often i'm learning a parallel life and and it you know it's like is it is it this and i can't remember doing it here on on this planet i must have done it in another dimension or on or another lifetime it is so connective it is so you you can feel the entire experience of what you went through or what you know what um, what wonderful experience was is that it it becomes very much a part of you did you find that carla with you my gift is not like dave's um dave can shut his mind down in three seconds and go to wherever he wants to go um, I get it differently. I get bits and pieces. Um, but once I get something, I can draw it in detail. Mm -hmm. Like I know, I know what I've seen and I don't forget it. So I know that it's real. Right. Um, I can hear them speaking to me. Not always because I'm one of those people that has a hard time shutting off my mm -hmm. mind. I have to work at it. Um, so it's different. It's not, you know, 
Um, luckily, a lot of what I get in the beginning, I would turn to Dave and say, you know, am I, is this really true? Mm-hmm. Is this what I'm getting or seeing or hearing? And, and he would say, yes. Well, with me, um, my gifts are a little bit different. I can see somebody and look at their eyes and know that if, if I know them, if I've seen them in a past life, mm-hmm. and then I'll get a picture of them in a past life. So I know who they were and what they were to me. Um, it's different. I don't, I don't know. It's not right, You're your... just receiving, you know, on a different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And also as far as the chatter is concerned, um, I do my meditation either out in nature the wind is a wonderful way of clearing things uh, near water, which is a fabulous conduit. Um, you I know, so. the trees are a wonderful conversationist. Um, but if you can't go out into nature, you know, I'll watch a show and my active mind is, is engaged in the show, allowing my, my soul mind to go mm-hmm. out and do what it needs to do. So, you know, if you put me in silence, I'm creative. My mind is just too busy. So silent meditation doesn't work for everybody. So no. try some kind of keeping the mind active over there so this part can have an experience. <laughs> oh, I don't do it silent, but I do like um, being out. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say this is terrible, but with the sun beating down on me, mm-hmm. it does something. And last year we made a little um, kind of like a little Zen garden and the fountain is trickling and the mm. sun is shining. You sit out there and it's peaceful, but I'm, I receive a lot of things between sleep and wake. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, me too. that's a good time for me. Yeah. Dave can be anywhere. He could be in the middle of traffic, <laughs> close his eyes, and that's it. So Hopefully he's, not he's while alone. you're driving. Yeah. She, try, she <laughs> Actually, tries to does. let me not close my eyes while I'm driving. Yeah, that happens. The, he doesn't even place, have to close his eyes. Yeah. The other place that is almost instantaneous for me is showers. The white yes. noise from the shower yes. is, is immediate. Yes, yes, I agree. That water just washing down. And if you actually do tapping during that as well, hitting onto the meridians, it is actually wonderful at, at opening up those chakras and things as well. But yeah, water, well, you know, singing out in the rain. But generally a shower is more comfortable, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like warm I rain. rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the thing is, it's not, it's, as, you know, not every channel is, oh, I need to get into your channel. What tune is it? What frequency? It doesn't work like that. Each no, and every no. one of us is going to receive according to what we are. Are we kinesthetic? Are we auditory? Are we this? Are we that? You know, and it's, it, those channels are going to come to us in a way that we are going to perceive the information mm-hmm. and so if it doesn't come exactly the same way no you're not doing it wrong you're just tuned you tuned in to the way you receive and open it up there is no comparison you compare stories but it isn't where well, you're right your way is right your way is wrong there isn't any of that it no, is what everybody interprets what they see yeah. or hear or, or feel. feel yeah yeah and feel is is a big part of this huge the main part of it it's how you the wisdom is is the feeling it is knowing you know we can have stacks of knowledge up here hell of a lot of data and that's one of the problems as human beings we've been especially in the last century and a half it's been head up all academia and we've lost that intuitive connection to the heart soul and spirit and when we engage that intellect there and trust the the channeling that will speak to our soul and truth uh, resonate with our heart 
and our spirit goes into action and our mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it, it's going to take the knowledge that is relevant to the situation in your brain. And it, but you've got to feel that knowledge. If you only think it, you can get too much in the yes buts. And the only thing you should do with your butt is sit on it. <laughs> Sarah, it's, it's interesting, you know, you were talking about vibrations and we actually have a, a third book that is just being downloaded as the ebook version right now. It, it just hit like four or five days ago on, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other sites. But the vibration is discussed a lot in that book mm -hmm. um, and literally raising the vibration and how that brings you closer to God, Tao, Source, yes. Creator. Mm -hmm. I try to say all those so that yep. we don't limit somebody's belief system mm -hmm. particularly. Uh, I usually say God to myself because that's how I believe. Right. You know, but something greater than us yes. that has some authority that can interpret and even define what love is what right is mm -hmm. there is an authority yeah and we all tap into that authority when we start to to meditate yeah and so that we have somewhere to go clarity if people don't like the word authority it can be clarity clarity that's good uh -huh. right. yeah. yes a lot of people don't like authority nope. I, I found that when i discussed Thanks to the it, ego yeah yes they they're 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 so concerned with their self sovereignty that mm. that when you say that there's some greater authority they don't like that right um however if there's no greater authority there is no one standard the so thing about the the universe if you think about it, we're all made our particles from the universe the planet and everything we're all made out of that same signature we all just took different forms you look at all the wonderful incredible beautiful species that are on this planet um that you know you look at them and you go oh, what a work of art and you know we were all created in god's source light right so uh, if that means there can't be any flaws if you are gay there is no judgment because god created you in the, way in the you light are. of the universe exactly Correct. god does so, not make you know, mistakes whichever no there aren't any mistakes and when we look at that universe it is one giant massive computer of knowledge mm -hmm. and Correct. that's what you're doing you're tapping in you're channeling in do you need to have the whole knowledge no your brain will burst <laughs> yes we, we probably you know and that's part of that definition yeah they omnipresence or whatever yeah. we're not able to completely conceptualize that which could control and or coordinate or make this work yeah it's it's greater than mm. any one of the individuals yeah and uh, so thank god because could you yes. imagine <laughs> no it, it wouldn't be my job <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the power it should never be given to one human being Correct. You know, because that that too much power does change the human being uh, a lot. And I think this is one of the things about past life regression or most certainly channeling just to, to know what you need to know. It is letting you know that it doesn't matter if you don't know it all. 
you will always be given the knowledge that you need to know when you need to know it and that no one person should know it all because we are meant to come together as a village Correct. and each one bringing our piece together in that puzzle because that's that collaboration that unity that community is what we are meant to be and so we don't want any one person having the power we've seen what human beings do with power mm. right yes. it is the yes. empowerment of each one of our beautiful instruments coming to the orchestra of life and creating a symphony that resonates out in invitation to others so and we were never created to be alone no and we're never no. alone when you and open up those challenges you're never alone <laughs> correct we are never alone because they are there yep and we're not meant to be hermits or sit at home and meditate only by yourself right we're meant to interact because in interaction comes lessons yes and we find that our people are karmic mates and or family mates and they're meant to help us or test us you know and so we have to have those experiences yeah, we do uh, I, I interviewed a monk that been 30 something years literally kind of up in the mountains and now he was coming down to teach the work and and he he was in the conversation it was saying that um i don't quite know how it came about but it was I don't understand, he said, why people cannot feel this way. And I said, you have singularly taken this one path and channel for 33 years. Yes. They have an entire album of channels here that they're listening to. Mm -hmm. And you're expecting them to just find all of that amongst the chaos of their lives. I said, go and experience some of the chaos. And then you'll be actually telling them actually how to travel, uh, you know, channel the information. And there's one guy that takes people out into Times Square, not obviously during COVID, and <laughs> teaches them how to meditate amongst the chaos around them. And that's really, really important, breaking through that chaos, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. Past lives is something that um, it's really cool because you, you feel... Um, like there's a piece of you that's being connected mm -hmm. you know and, and, and we found many of those connections yeah again carla is certainly one of my connections i'm, I'm intended to meet her we've intended to help each other through many lives uh, but we've actually found multiple people in this life mm -hmm. in past lives yes because these people are still following along with you Yes, that soul your group, orchestra. <laughs> they're part of yeah, they're part of your yeah. part of our tribe, part of our band, whatever you want yeah. to call it, and they're the closest to you. So not only do you make connections with them that continue. Uh, one of the lessons in all of this is don't fear when someone you know dies because yeah. this connection doesn't go away. No. It's just open up that channel to communicating with them in a different way, right? Yes. The connection yeah. doesn't go away. You're still there. You are an infinite being mm -hmm. who does not end. Death has really no power over anything. Uh, it's just another change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we've learned during our meditation, during some of this past life regression, because we did finally go for past life regression training five or six years after we had the experience, we mm -hmm. went so that we could share some with 
other people because not everybody's as open. Right. And we trained with Dr. Brian Weiss at the Omega Institute. It, it, wonderful experience. But you, you start to figure you want to share some of those experiences with others. Mm-hmm. Because once you have one, it changes the yes. way you think. Yes. It changes yeah. who you are. It changes how you feel connected to everyone. It changes how you feel connected to God, Tao, Creator, mm-hmm. Source. All of that makes things different. Have you um, had the, um, the experience of, of meeting somebody and just know that you know them, right? And then actually looking into, okay, we've got an, a, a synergy here that has to be on just a chemical reaction and look at each other, you know, go into each other's past lives to see if you've known each other. Because I would say nine times out of 10, you probably do. We actually hired a girl at the office and, um, you know, she was a lot younger than us, but um, we'd work on opposite days and people began asking me, is, is that girl your daughter and vice versa? Is that your mother? And we finally found her. She's actually been our daughter like 16 times in past lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, with my sister has been in many, many lives, um, Unfortunately, my older sisters have also been in karmic situations with me in many, many lives. Um, but yeah, it's we've we did um, a podcast. I was hoping you'd and, tell that story. Yeah, we did a podcast, and we have a life in Italy in the 1500s, 1500s day, 1400s. Yeah, yeah. and um, 15, and we had six children, and we know we know all of our past lives our astrological signs, what we died from when we were born, all of our kids, and we know who they are in this life if they're here. Well, in that life, we had six children and there was one girl unaccounted for. And Isabella had told us, well, you haven't met her yet. And her name was um, Angelia. So we started to do this podcast. And right before it began, we were, you know, just chit-chatting with the girl. And she said, well, I have had a past life regression. And she said, I was told my name was Angela and I got a chill up my back and I knew immediately. And I looked at her and just looking at her and I knew that she looks like she would have fit into the family and all the above. And we've since found her in like six lives with us besides. But I told her then at the end and, um, and that's my gift. Like I'll see them and it pops up. Dave didn't even realize. And then we had another we did another podcast with a young girl not too long ago in Scotland and she started to talk and I realized that she is, um, she is actually a pod sister to Dave's past life guide. And again, I didn't say anything at first, but then at the very end, I said something and Dave was like, was almost in tears because there's a real close, close relationship there for him uh, with his past life guide. Her name is, um, Shanta, and she's actually been in his lives many times. She actually crosses him over in each one of his deaths. So, uh, yeah, we've had that those moments. Mm. It's really a great moment yeah. because you feel that connection. You don't know them. But it opens up then. It opens up those wonderful talents and of, of what there is to mm. be learned from it. And, and uh, you know, we, this network is called self-discovery. You know, we like to know yes. about ourselves because then we know why we interact the way we do. We know how we can contribute, you know, that how to be the best person we are. But, you know, just going back to the 
the past lives, I can I can hear a voice in the back of my head. Somebody listening to this is saying, yes, but what if you don't want to come across any of your family members from any past life because you think I you've had a that. horrific one, right? Mm -hmm. So um, do have you had any experiences from people in, in a past life that you wish hadn't popped up? How about the next door neighbor? Yeah, He's been in 21 of our lives, 21 past lives, <laughs> karmically, over and over. And I, in this life, you know, we tried really hard to get along with him. He, he just moved, thank God. Um, but just a difficult human being, no matter what you do. But in every life, he has been difficult. Um, so then, and, uh, that, then the message there this is, is this that is you a, need to deal with that and sever that yes. connection Correct. so Correct. that it doesn't yeah, come into a get over one. your yeah do it do your own part there but yes. um my first husband in this life was actually we talked about ruby and her wa working for angelo jenna the gangster and that was he was mm -hmm. my husband my first husband in this life so and luckily like at least on my part my karma is done with him because in this life he couldn't own me, although he I, tried yes. and I walked away. Yes. So yes, we, we've but, had a lot of those moments yeah. and sometimes it sends the chill up your back and you think, oh, wow. But then you figure it out and you understand it. Yeah. It's there to be cleansed. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's there to be cleansed. And it's, it's, this will be sort of a tough lesson for people to mm -hmm. hear, but actually letting someone control you, is actually selfish. It's not doing the work yourself. Right, taking no responsibility or ownership. Taking no responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you literally do have to overcome that. Yes. You may think you're being abused, but the lesson is get out of the abuse. Yes. You know you know how to do this. Yes. You, can, you can overcome this mm -hmm. so that you're not creating more karma for either you or the other person. Right. Don't let them control you. Right. You know, again, I said there's this question of sovereignty, but sometimes you have to take your own responsibility and say, I won't allow this to occur to me anymore. And, you know, as you said, 22 lifetimes there. And, you know, there's, a, there's other people. Um, I, I remember once uh, reading for a girl who was she was she was fat. And inside of her was a tiny woman. And she said, oh. everything about me feels tiny. Mm -hmm. I've dieted, I've this, I've that. I don't understand where this weight comes from. And medical people have looked at it and they couldn't find anything wrong. And I said, you're ca literally carrying the weight from a past life. Yes. And you need to go have that past life removed from you and you regain your own person. And yeah. she did go to someone for that. I'm I very rarely ever know what happens after that. But you could see that it is that, you know, so many people are trapped with a past life experience that still traumatizes them today and they don't realize what it is. If it keeps coming up, then you have got to address it. Please don't suppress it. Right? Correct. And, and those are those are things that we learned when we went for past life regression training. There's a a lot of people that are still holding that memory in your subconscious because yeah. it follows you. Yeah. And Carla actually regressed someone at the Omega Institute, and you should tell them this, Carla, who was holding on to a past life issue that's 2,000 years old. Mm -hmm. So, Carla, tell, her, tell them about that. Well, first of all, 
I'd like to say that, you know, the United States is very behind in believing in reincarnation. Yeah. Yeah. And what was so nice about being in New York um, at the, the Omega was that the people were sent from all over the world and we didn't have to speak a different language. We could be honest. Um, we didn't have to put on a different hat. Everybody had had experiences and they understand this world. So um, this girl was from Chile. What I loved about it was that her hospital that she worked in, she was a social worker, had sent her to, to train in past life regression to help end of life patients. Mm. Now, isn't that fantastic? Brilliant. Um, yes. I, it just really is. And I wish the United States could get on board, but they're all like all caught up in there. Oh, my God, we'll go to hell. The devil will get us. <sighs> I know. It's I, I'm making anything like this cultish. Right? Yes. I yeah. know. Mm. I know. But um, and it was early on, and I was really surprised because almost immediately, you know how it is, um, usually you go to trauma immediately. Mm. And um, she went directly to a past life um, during the time that the Romans were persecuting the Jews. And her son had been abducted. She was looking for him. She was so upset. And um, unfortunately, they ended up torturing him and killing him and her too. But once I got her past that, um, and through the rest of the other regressions, she um, realized that during that, the man that she was engaged to right now was her son in that life. Ah. And in the beginning of their relationship, she was so concerned with losing him. Mm-hmm. And it almost made them break up. And mm-hmm. once she realized, and I explained to her, do you see the correlation here? You lost your son. You couldn't do anything about it. And, you know, it was a great feeling for her. Um, and it was wonderful to know that, you know, I had accomplished something very early mm-hmm. on. A great feeling for me. It's a very personal experience. We don't do it. As a living, we do it with friends and family, but it's a great experience. It's very personal, um, and you hope you can get them past something, through something, healed. Yeah. It was great. My young daughter, uh, the one who actually literally had a baby last night and made me a grandma, so as I said, I'm yes. still in that. Again, congratulations <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Huge little boy can't wait to get my hands around him. But she was, uh, you know, kind of two or three, and she could not sleep in her room. Uh, with the light on or anything or on her and in the day she was boss she was the youngest she would boss everyone around <laughs> at night as soon as the lights went off she was petrified and would end up sleeping with me and so I took her to a past life regressionist who hypnotized her and of course I'm in the room because of her age and I'm watching her face go for all these expressions and we went back three lifetimes and it was three lifetimes that she'd been abandoned and left Aww. in the dark And so we could say to her, you can see that this isn't your lifetime. You're safe now. You can let that go. And it was almost immediately that it started changing. She was sleeping in a room with the light on. And then it Mm. didn't take too long before the light went off and she was okay. And it was just like, I don't know what this fear is, but it's consuming Mm -hmm. me. And what the worst thing you can say to to a human being is snap out of it. Because they don't know what they're in to snap out of. That's right. Correct. And so once she realized that these lifetimes weren't her and that she was safe, it it changed everything. And so this past life could be such a healing modality for people who are carrying traumas around that don't even know what they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to just, I don't want to change the subject, but it's, but it's part of the understanding how past lives work and how the lessons work. I've seen some of my times between lives 
And I actually had the privilege of watching my father, who's passed away now, last atonement or past life review. And it's literally fascinating mm. to watch someone else's. And they went through some of his last past lives during this review. And during the review, he watched a life where he was a slave trader mm. and he broke families apart and he chained men into the bay bottom of his boat and split the families up and lost in his next life his daughter was abducted and then he lost his wife to childbirth mm -hmm. and they told him see what it's like to be split from your family right and then in the life as my father a beautiful wonderful man but he got parkinson's mm. and spent 20 years chained to his wheelchair mm -hmm. Do you see the lessons and how they get learned? Yeah. It's it's not necessarily an eye for an eye. It's whatever you need to learn the compassion, to yes. understand what someone else is going through or to experience what has happened. We are made up of past lives. We're made up of ancestral DNA. We're made up of universal particles. We're complex creatures. But if we approach things more simply, we'd have more clarity and it, you know it would stand to reason if you've had many lifetimes that not all of those lifetimes are going to be good experiences or you're going to be good people correct and, and you know the willingness to go down that road and face who you have been is a releasement um why should you carry any shame or blame for a past slave owner but the recognition that that slave owner is there in itself is forgive and release Correct. We can forgive what we've done in a past lifetime. I think at some point I might even have been an executioner. Um, that kind of kind of comes into a memory, not one that I want to focus on too much, but it is like <laughs> you, you're doing in your lifetimes, you, you're living your life according to what is going on around you. In other words, you're That's responding right. to life, yes. right? And so we are all going to do things in life that we look back on and go, oh, I wish I didn't do that. And some uh, of it we, can be bigger or smaller, you know. <laughs> well, Saints we and found, sinners. Yes, we found we found a an, a very early past life where Carla actually poisoned me in my and I died. What did you do? So, <laughs> Whoops. Well, yes, I know, and I wasn't that bad. I didn't think at the time. However, our son was. Yes, our son I, was was power hungry. Right. And, and so it, it encouraged it. And it was yeah. a cultural time when, yes. you know, and, and you have those to look at the you, culture, right? You, you have, have to look at what's going on. Yes. And there's a past life where I am some sort of lesser Mayan priest. Mm -hmm. And the, the and so I, I don't really have exact choice. I'm doing what I'm expected to do, what yes. I'm supposed to do. Yes. And that time we would be, we, I, I had the memory, it was, we were excited when we were at war mm. because we would capture some prisoners and then those prisoners could be sacrificed. Right. Because when we weren't at war, the only choice was to sacrifice our own. Yeah. And now, this whole sacrifice thing. It's a horrific, <laughs> it was horrific. <gasps> okay, came I mean, up with that one? <laughs> the, the experience and the memories I had were so real that I was... Yeah. crying it was mm. horrible i mean we literally were tying people down over an altar yeah. 
someone was ripping their heart out while they're alive, bleeding it into a sunlight. Oh, it's it's horrific, yeah. you know, horrific. But if you think about it, it's part of the lessons of all humans. We've been horrific. Yes, we have been. And then you can take it down to even a smaller level because you say passing a DNA, family lines, ancestry. Certainly there's been lives that we found where I have been my you know, grandson or somebody else again is, is repeat in those lives. Actually, you were your son once. I was my own son once, yes. That was a very interesting. I, I think my I, younger daughter has been my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carla's mother's been her daughter and her mother, mm -hmm. so it's not so Yeah, we yeah. actually, we've taken turns. I think we're up to six and six. <laughs> but, but I but, always say to her, because she's passed, I always say, I came first. <laughs> but the, the, yes, the lessons become one again of, family lines, ancestral, you know, if you become an alcoholic and you put your children through being an alcoholic, a relatively high percentage of those kids become alcoholic. Do not yes. be surprised if you won't return in that same family with a parent who is an alcoholic. Exactly. Because until you learn that. And it, could be, that, you. And it, it could, could be you. Yeah. Issues not dealt with. Yeah, issues I, not dealt with yeah. will return exactly i remember saying to my 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 mother and my sister both have got a him a hate um over their past husbands my dad died when i was very young but he was very um family were very controlling over him at the time and and his exit was not friendly and my oh. sister had a, a very abusive husband um numerous crimes there and both of them were you know may they rotten hell i'm going to hate them forever and i said okay mm -hmm. let's stop a moment that hate that you're you're giving to them is their power over you yes it yeah, is taking correct. away any form of love which is more powerful than the hate and if you take this hate with you into the next lifetime you're going to be imposing that next person with a lever of hate that they don't even know where it belongs that's oh, right. I haven't thought about that, but it didn't stop them, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> they no. carry that hate with them. <laughs> At least your you know, family I... talks to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. They had, it, that... it was a while there. You know, there mm -hmm. was a while there that I was just too much out in the twilight zone. And yes. uh, even doing these shows, you know, it's like, I don't know what you do. My, my, my darling sister called me a do-gooder communist not so long ago. So. <laughs> but what I've done, you know, this is the, the human channel. I know I communicate with her on those show, those channels, those parameters. Don't go anywhere yes. else because it's out of her realm of understanding. Right. Yes. And if we understand that, because what are we what are we doing as human beings? We're looking for approval all the time. See me. Yes. Know me. Know what I'm about, you know, uh, and people will see you in the light that they wish to see you in, not always in the light mm -hmm. that you are. And if they can't Boy, see you for your truth, don't take it on. It's not, you know, don't take it personally. It's, the, yeah. the, it's their inability to see you. You have just got to be your own light. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I, I agree with you. And so again, when I'm dealing with my own sister, her husband's going through some diabetes issues now. And so she's willing to listen to me. Yes. Because I'm a doctor. Right. When we discuss what, what is spiritually going on, mm -hmm. she does not want to discuss it particularly because she's very much Catholic. Right. Now, she's read our books. She, 
her husband is a lot more open and he says, you know, I read your book and even if I don't believe this, you know, the lesson in there is true. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so I got a lot from reading the book. Linda doesn't really want to admit that she got anything from the book, yeah. but, but especially to you, <laughs> to, especially to yes. me, but, but she still thinks I'm enough with it that when I discuss her husband and his diabetes, it's completely okay for her mm -hmm. to, to ask those questions. It's so their realm of understanding, you're, if you're taking them outside of that other realm, it's just, it is too fearful, too twilight. It's too unknown. Right? Yes. It's too unknown and people are afraid of the unknown. She knows you're a doctor. You educated yourself as a doctor. She can trust that. Mm -hmm. but, but this other stuff that you're talking about, it's A, against the you know, Catholicism teaching and B, it's, it's too unknown, too far-fetched. She might go to hell because of it. So, <laughs> you know, it's, for some people, it's a very real feeling. Mm -hmm. Sarah, even, even now, I... Actually, I had open heart surgery about a little over a year ago. So I've, I've now retired from my full-time practice. But my patients before that, not most of them were not aware of the experiences because I have a certain professional distance and all those. Though I had, I had friends that were aware and patients who were much more open than other patients. Mm -hmm. I have a Lutheran minister friend who when I was telling him the experience said oh I've you know I've heard people with those kind of experiences and and we used to discuss religion in general and he would enjoy those conversations and he was having a lot of health problems and and actually when he started to talk about religion and what he felt his health problems went away that's interesting in itself uh, but he's also retired he, are off. <laughs> he, he, he's retired now he's he subs and does lutheran services and fills in for people but he's really retired but when his wife died and we sent him our book he actually called and said you know i didn't always do things right with my wife if you if you get a message let me know i'm tell her i'm sorry mm -hmm. now those are people that are open. Yeah, now, he's 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 still very Lutheran and he still believes what he believes, but he also believes that I have had some experience that he should validate by that it's mine. Right. Yes. Not an experience for him, but respects its experience that you can do. And for some, yes. that's the way it's going to be. Not everybody's going to go down this path. Right. Uh -huh. um, and yeah. Um, I've I've always been a voice for those that have passed over and I've always been given a message by those that want to, you know, that we're on the same frequency and giving me the message to pass on to family members. And, um, you know, all I am is the messenger. And, but, yeah. you know, the message has always been the same. I am fine over here. I'm at peace. I am not in yes. pain. I'm not suffering. I don't want to see you suffer anymore. I'm with you. Feel me. And it's yes. always generally mm -hmm. that type of message in some form or other, which Correct. for some can be very peaceful and for others like, no, 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 no. My religion won't allow that. But all, all you can do is be the messenger, right? You can only speak to those that are willing to be open. You know, and, and I understand they, they don't know how the communication works. However, 
most religions believe in some sort of afterlife. So why do they think there's no ability to connect? Or that only priests can do that. Uh-huh. Yes. Right? There's only only some sort of power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Male priests. Yes. <laughs> Mother Teresa, <laughs> Bush, no, she didn't have any yes. connection. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, even even if you talk about and this is again a little bit of a religious question, but if you discussion, but if you if you really read some of the biblical lessons, you see this is what you see. You see in the old testament, God continued to make a covenant, made first made a covenant with Adam, then they all screwed up. Then he made a covenant with Abraham. They all screwed up. He gave him another chance. Then he made another covenant. Then, then he finally made a covenant with David, and they gave him another chance. If you look at that, and then you also look at what happens with a little bit of the Gnosticism and what happens with uh, religion at about the time of Jesus, they part of the lesson in there is that temple is within you. Mm-hmm. And... Even the Jews started to break apart because they said, no, the temple is over here and God lives over here in the box. Yeah. Well, the temple is not the box. No. The temple is you. We are God. God is us. We're all made out of the same particles. And we all have that ability to speak with yes. one another. And, and we, you know, we don't need any boxes. The, the only reason for a building for people to come together is in that chorus when you join those energies together, it opens up those trans and uh, uh, channels completely. And people are getting downloads that they don't even know they're getting because yes. it's the collective energy. But you are the source upon to yourself. It is that inside out job. Make that connection and you will never be alone, as you pointed out earlier. You will always have the knowledge when you need to have it. You will always have insight, that intuition. You'll have guidance forward. Sure. And it's just a question of yeah. trust it. I won't do anything against my source. If my source of my core tells me no, I don't argue. I don't need to justify my no. My core has told me no, it's not for me. Yes. No. And that's yeah. it. Right? Because it knows. It's guiding me. I've given yeah. myself up to that energy. Mm-hmm. It's gui- I've got out of the human way. Yes. And you, you I know, usually... But all those people, God gave them another chance and another chance and another chance. Humans, let's stop being so dense. When we open up, when we open up and we see those wonders of knowledge and information and clarity and inspiration, we were truly having a human experience that we were designed to have. Mm -hmm. Correct. And I think it's fine to go to church. I'm just going to put that out there. Church is, is because... Yes, there is some truth in all religion. Yeah. There's some sort of inspiration that is happening there. Someone is sharing that their experience. And, and as we share experiences, we sort of start to figure out more and more what the experience is supposed to be. That's one of the purposes of our books. Why we come on podcasts and yeah. talk to you. Because the more we share the experience, the more people will understand that there's more experience to have. Yes, and, and that is it's not fearful. And there's nothing mm-hmm. to be scared of. Not in the least. Yes. And the other part of that is, if, if, if you're comfortable with your church, you're meant to be with people and fellowship is important. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what it's really for. 
Yeah. It's for fellowship. It's camaraderie and no one has the right to turn against you and judge you for something they don't understand. Correct. Mm. Yes. So true. And that's, a, that's another one of those real lessons um, that I've read other places and that Isabella told us, which is who can possibly judge someone's choice when they don't even know what choices they had? Mm -hmm. Exactly. As I said, we're reactionary creatures and we're going to react to something in the form of either defense, fear, ego. And, you know, yes. I'm, I'm always a huge person of know thyself, really know mm -hmm. what makes you up, not just who you are, you know, I'm female, I'm Sarah. No, what makes you up? Are you a kinesthetic person? Are you an analytical person? Are you this or that? Because we have the human traits of our personalities. We have the cosmic traits of who we are. And the more we know who we are, the more honestly we can bring ourselves forward in truth and understand what is our truth. What is our truth, how it relates to us. And we become less reactionary creatures because we know who we are. Correct. And, and, I love that you said that. Um, we didn't mention it, and it's it's not in your notes because it just came out. But we, the third book that we wrote is called the manual, because we never got the manual when we were growing up. Right. So, so in the book, the manual, we do talk about astrology a little bit. You're you're born with certain tendencies because you have things to overcome in that tendency. Yes. Yes. We we talk about traits mm -hmm. in, in that that you're born with some traits yes. that you must overcome. Yeah, and uh, we talk about archetypes. All mm -hmm. of those things are things you're created as to overcome and learn from, and how those relate to each of your lessons. Uh, Carla, I'm surprised she hasn't asked you what your birthday is yet. <laughs> When's your birthday, Sarah? Sixth of October. October the 6th, so she's a Libra. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we found is that um, the astrological signs are set up into three groups, or I should say four groups of three. And we are assigned a specific angel uh, that corresponds to behavior that we had in a past life. It, we're not necessarily um, displaying those tendencies now, but just in case, it's a, a gentle reminder from God that um, if we have, for instance, you have the angel of um, jealousy. So I believe it is um, Leo, Virgo, and Libra have the green angel, which is Raphael, the yeah. angel of jealousy. Um, and it's not that you're jealous now. It means in a past life, you displayed some jealous tendencies. And so just as a gentle reminder. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a chart in the book it's all color coded in the mm -hmm. manual that shows each one and it's just like we say in the book we're not criticizing your sign to say you're yeah. a bad person because we we need all kinds it's, it's being aware so yes. we can make just being aware and being aware. yes you know so you tendencies and how yes. do you be aware and they brought up and the jealousy works the other way too is that people yes. become jealousy of you and you don't go well what the hell are you jealous about you i know what happens yes. yeah <laughs> we fall under selfishness and and when you know when we learn this i'm like Oh my god i was taking it to her like i'm not selfish i swear i give more than anybody and then i thought you know i had to remember 
you can be selfish in a lot of ways. You can be selfish with your time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just I took the bigger piece of cake. And I have to remind myself it's something that I did in my past life. So now I have to try and get over that. And with all the astrological signs, you know, when you read through those and you see who you are, there's good and bad. And And uh, we don't like to say good and bad. Yin and yang. Yin and yang, right? Correct. You have to lighten dark. It always lives together in harmony. Yes. Yes. And the point about being selfish is we're telling people all the time, please be selfish in your own self-discovery. Oh, step into your own beautiful abundance because then your cup can run off over. You cannot give what you don't have. And so we That's all right. need to be selfish in our beginning of our journey in order to, to really Don't immerse love. that love onto yourself. So. Yes. So anyway, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of a little brief synopsis on the manual, but <laughs> that's um, a good idea because it, it all is um, the astrology, the numerology, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Chineseology. Um, all of it is very significant yes. as to, you know, when you're born, what you're born under, and it really does your become, name, your, your name, it becomes part of your navigation. Yes. Right. And, and the awareness when you're aware, those are my tendencies. I got to be aware when I'm stepping into that and step back out of it again. Yes. Right. We've all carried something. That doesn't mean, as you said, you're a bad person. Oh, you're selfish, you know, and I no, know. you're selfish. You take care of yourself so you can then in turn take care of others. It's change our perspective. Don't keep jumping to the negative. Yes. Look to what is the positive behind it. That's it. You said a mouthful right there. Everybody is so negative. They pull the negative out immediately instead of looking for the positive, you know? I want you guys to keep talking for one second because I have to take a quick break. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So Uh, I'm right. We need that manual. And it's not like live your life by numbers, you know, uh, paint by numbers, live your life by numbers. But having a manual of kind of understanding this is not out of the norm it's just not in our norm yes programmed exactly what programs mm-hmm. serve you what programs need to be deleted and when you open up to something new you know you can make it's for you now it's extremely normal to to channel any past lives it's become yes. part of your norm yes initially it wasn't your norm Right. So we have to be willing to uh, step out of that comfort zone and be more wondrous because, all right, you could be fearful about what you don't know. But when you're willing to know it, all of a sudden the fear goes away and you step more into that. Oh, my goodness, this is fabulous. You know, exploratory. What else is out there? And it it opens more sense. Yes. The pieces fall into place. It yeah. makes more sense. It was a lot easier for me to believe in reincarnation than to think you get one chance. And if you don't do it right, that's it. You're going to hell. Exactly. That makes no sense no. because if God knows everything and um, why would God create you to fail? And failure, what is that? We like to point out people failed at this, failed at that. No, they just didn't succeed. They learned. They, just they were life lessons. Their, yeah. Right. You know, the failure is doing nothing. That's right. There's just as much karma in doing nothing as there is in doing it negatively. Yeah. So tell us. One of the. uh, mm -hmm, Yeah, go ahead. One of the things that we included in the manual was um, some figures from history um, that 
that are interesting because we told about their life before you knew them as who they were mm -hmm. significantly in history and then their life after to see what happened to them astrologically, trait-wise, um, um, archetype-wise, and why those uh, were chosen for them so that it could try to improve what they were doing. Um, yeah. I'll just give you a hint, like Napoleon is in mm -hmm. there as one of them. So yeah, that was kind of fun to learn all about that. Yeah. And when you open up those channels, it's not just your past lives you're experiencing, you know, mm -hmm. other lives come in and you learn more about them. And, you know, um, I was chosen to help people receive messages after a loved one has passed or to help people cross over if they get caught in the veil. Um, and I've done that all my life. And it was just something I did. And I thought everybody did. And mm -hmm. when you started talking about it, it was like, woo, <laughs> white goats, you know? Uh, I now know. it's more normal. Now we can talk about that and go, well, do you have a message for me? <laughs> Maybe where you are, it's not normal here. No, it's it's not normal in the mainstream, but in the, the world that I choose to be in, I'm amongst yes. people like you. And for oh, us, yes. this is normal. This is life. Yes. This is this is experiencing life, being open and willing to receive. So, so I want nicer. this to become the normal. <laughs> Me too. I want nice? this to become the normal. And, and since I missed everybody for a second, I have a friend who gets very, is very connected, who gets messages all the time. Just like you do, Sarah. <laughs> and he's so scared of it. Mm that it literally has driven him to the point where he's he's realized that when he drinks alcohol he can't connect so he likes to drink alcohol and and, and it's, it's it's now a fight between being alcoholic or connecting because he wants to shut that off that and I keep trying he to was talk raised yeah but but it, but it's also this is where the training comes into you know, there are a lot of empaths. Um, I'm, I'm an empath as well. And sometimes I, I cannot even walk on this earth because I can feel all the, the angst and the anger and everything. And you yeah. can feel what's going on. And I have to deliberately put myself into a space where I'm not feeling it. So he's probably not only afraid of the messages, but maybe afraid of the feelings that are coming across. And that is just, and maybe getting too many of them and doesn't know how to handle it. And this is where sometimes if you are that sensitive, you do need to go to someone who can guide you through that process so that you're not running mm -hmm. to the alcohol for it. You're actually immersing yourself in it. And you know, this is why this show is called Ignite Your Heart and Soul. And you know, many a person that has got a wonderful soul that just were afraid of it, running from it. Yes. And I've helped them turn around to see the beauty of it the gift of it, how it can serve, how many people it can benefit, not to be afraid of it. And then suddenly there's a totally different view and perspective of it. So it's, yes. um, it's a shame that he's gone to the alcohol, but if somebody could help him understand the gift, God-given gift, well, then we're he still, might see yes. it well. We're still mm -hmm. working on him. He has an, another medium that he does go to see that he's, He's trying to work through some of the issues right. sometimes. And let's get out of the head. Trust the heart yes. and soul. It has an intellect mm -hmm. far more superior than our heads. You know, so mm -hmm. many people think too much and it, those thoughts are constantly, yes, but what if, what if, what if this, what if that, and that what if is this going to crush you? Mm -hmm. uh, instead of what if I discover this? Change yeah, your tone, right. change your point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, 
who who's to think that we as human beings are the superior race mm. right? look at the animal kingdom they have a great deal more survival intuition and, and, and an intellect of understanding that is extremely profound look at our indigo children today and the way the channelers and who they are and the way they see the world the way they're interacting it's like we're behind so let's just take away the blockage there aren't any boxes there may be boundaries but no boxes <laughs> and open up to this you're not going to go down the rabbit hole you know there isn't that trench of hell waiting for you there's <laughs> clarity there's clarity there's wonderment there's this expansion of knowledge that is absolutely intriguing don't be afraid of it and no religion any religion that pushes fear and control over yeah. people instead of loving them and always loving them in their light is not a religion I want to have anything to do with. Well, and, and again, I can, I can tell you in the book, one of my favorite lines is you cannot fear and love at the same time. No. Can't nope. do it. No, nope. oil and water. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> yes. you can't be conceited, selfish, jealous, and unforgiving and love at the same time. No, that is not a real love. Yes. Mm -hmm. So those lessons become real. I don't care exactly what your belief is until you if you in, but if you have start to evaluate it those are truths that go no matter what right and yeah. and love really becomes the only answer there's how many trillions of songs and stories and poems and experiences love can be the demon love can be the be all you know and it's <laughs> we've all had a heartbreak but what was that heartbreak about you know, it wasn't out to get you. Love isn't out to get you. It's there to embrace you, to embrace you and take you to a higher plane of possibilities, opportunities, and wonderment. So don't be afraid of love. We agree. That, that's the message of, the, of every one of our books. That's the message that we try to get out and, and share. It's, it's why we love to meet people just like you, Sarah. Because it's a it's a great feeling just to wander into that world, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's great to be able to open it out to other people. And you've done it in your three books. Um, you know, the manual it for for especially people where it's introductory and they're not quite sure what's going on. And right now we have an awful lot of people waking up. They know there's more out there. The sensory is out there. Their intuition is screaming at them, but they don't know how to use it. So having something that can help them understand themselves better, how the feeling, where they can take it, it's just giving them the tools they need on their journey of life of that self-discovery. Absolutely. Yes. And that's and that's part of the plan. That's why we we kind of tried to share our experience in the first, first book, kind of reconcile it with history and life and what we knew in the second book, and then try to explain how you can kind of use this in the third book. Excellent. How, how, do, you, how do you take the journey you're on and figure out maybe where you're at and what you have to change? We've all got to change something. Three years yes. ago, the universe gave me a saying, the universe is going to shake us up to wake us up for us to stand up to change up Ooh. and to grow up yeah double entendre on that one and <laughs> we've been shaken we've been woken and it has invited yes. people to stand up and realize change is needed and they're the need 
They're the change that we need. It's not for politicians or religion. It's up to each and every one of us. When we change, we change the whole atmosphere. And so it's it's happening. The movement is happening. And we've and just got to keep feeding that love, right? Keep, keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Because the other thing that works, Sarah, is there? this is literally that ripple effect. You know, it's one pebble hits the water and, the, and it starts. If a thousand pedal pebbles hit the water it's a small wave if a million of us hit the water yes the wave is pretty big exactly exactly you know it's, it's this going back to my you know to my chorus and my orchestra you know the reason why people do go to church is to, it is that collective energy it lifts you mm-hmm. up and uh, unless it's a doom and gloom sermon you know then it brings you <laughs> right back down again yeah, you know yeah, oh, but, yeah. you're the hell you know but <laughs> when it's full of song and dance and camaraderie and being there for one another you know that's collective energy coming in together in a beautiful hot pot you know ready for everyone mm-hmm. to partake so um how do people get hold of the the books and how do they find you um so the books are certainly on amazon barnes and noble all the normal outlets in the UK, they're in some of their normal bookstores too. Um, you can also find links to the book if you go to our website, which is thegiftofpastlives.com, um, or you can just look on Amazon and it's it's there in ebook and paperback form. Front paperback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and through our website, if they want to contact us, we do respond to the emails that come through our website so they can do that. Excellent. And then there's always one little lesson I like to, to tell people, no matter what you believe, change the world you're living in. Mm. You're, living, you're leaving it to your kids. And if reincarnation is real, you're leaving it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You do not want some poor future soul that's going to come back with your garbage. Please Correct. clean house yeah. before you go. Yeah, and the important thing is about death too. And I've done people who are, are deaf doulas, you know, deaf midwives, etc. The crossing over. We don't want you to be yelling at someone. Just like when somebody is giving birth, you want it peaceful and calm. It's the same when someone's crossing over. This is the time yes. to tell them how much you love them, to be there for them stroke their brow and to help them cross over and trans transition uh, far too many people it's screaming and laughing don't go da, 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 or traumatic deaths and, yes. and that or they're has fearful a, fearful yes. yeah and so you know the find your peace within you yes. and take that peace with you and make sure you have peaceful people around you that's right <laughs> that's right absolutely Thank you so much for sharing your stories here today. I'm glad that you're doing this. I'm glad that you immersed into the experience. Um, you know, people kind of think that you've got to be kind of kumbaya and wearing tassels and beads <laughs> and things like this, you know, and is that, no, every single one of us, I always say I interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah, and, yes. You know, you're opening up to the extraordinary out there and it's like, it's okay, mm-hmm. folks. It's safe. You know, come on in, experience mm-hmm. for yourself. Your past life, is trying to show you a what you need to release but also what you need to move forward and it's Mm -hmm. it is a gift of knowledge it's a gift of strength a gift of understanding so don't be afraid of going down that road because it really is fascinating it's wonderful to experience and it also is aha moments isn't it 
ah, now mm-hmm. I know yes. why that makes me feel that way or this or that. You know, it's just that lovely clarity again. So maybe going down so the rabbit sense. hole, it's better. Well, if you don't come through the other side and don't get stuck yes. in the hole, right? Exactly. It's about yes. coming through. Through, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, as I say, you know, our emotions are here for a reason. They're an indication of where we're at at the time. Um, tap into your emotions, but don't become emotional about them because yes. that's when we get stuck. So anything in life, fear is an emotion of mm-hmm. lack of clarity, right? And when you choose to understand, the clarity will be there and the fear will go. Agreed. I agree. Thanks so it's much. It's been a pleasure, Sarah. Uh, it's been great having you on here. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It's it's opening it's going to open up those channels for a lot of people. And that wonderful experience and clarity they're going to get from it is going to be wonderful. And I really like the way you've done the three books as well, because it's you know the introduction to your experiences and then the research and then the how-to. And, yes. you know, very often people need to ask, but I don't understand. Well, here you are. Here are these books. This is their experience. This is their research experience. And now this is a manual they've put together on just how to put that one foot in front of the other without the fear. So thank you very much for following your paths. And thank you for your assistance in the same thing. Uh, well, yep. I was born this way, so I can't help it. <laughs> I'm just not getting persecuted for it this lifetime, which is great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Thank God. Yes. Yes. Keep up the mission, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mission is me. I am the mission and there's no nothing else I can do about it. I am right. Uh, this is this is the thing when you step into That's I right. am this is your calling this is your purpose this is what you're meant to do you become one with it I'm not it's not an exterior of me it is me all right just as it has become mm-hmm. you guys and uh, that that beautiful sense of beingness is just ah, lovely <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for being here today and to everyone else out there remember please don't be afraid it's just a question of you don't understand or somebody else's doctrine that's being imposed upon you be willing to open up and explore and when you do you'll see what wonders await you until next time bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show you will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.